0: Hello, my name is Reverend Seth Nelson and I am the pastor of Faith Lutheran Church in Ronan, Montana. Join in weekly to hear the good news of God's love proclaimed over your life. You can follow us on Podbean and iTunes. God bless you this day. Well, grace and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I am uh, grateful for today's uh, reading, especially from Exodus, because we get to talk about mountains. Our state name, Montana, means land of mountains, right? And uh, I'm sure many of you have found, in one way or another, God on the mountain. But even be from the valley or your your deck, looking at the beautiful alpine glow that uh, just caresses the missions certain evenings. Was that one night, uh, was that like a week ago? It was just gorgeous up there, you know? Or if, uh, you know, you've hiked it up, like one Todd Shock and your Pastor Seth. Was that two summers ago, three? It was two summers ago, uh, before well. Chris got married. That's right, yeah, right up to Summit Lake. And, you know, I it was a breeze for me the whole time. I never sweated or <laughs> panted or anything like that. But uh. Or the elk that you saw, on <laughs> Were the elk we saw, that we were all freaked out because we thought it was a grizzly, you know. Um, stuff like that, good old stories. Some classic Montana stories. And, and we get to tell these stories. I was at a conference with our presiding bishop, Elizabeth Eaton, a couple summers ago. Or a couple years ago, I mean. And, uh, you know, she remembers being a pastor. And, uh, you know, people would say, I don't need to go to church. I find God on the mountain. She was like, you live in Ohio, fortunately we have that competition for uh, where we find God whether it be in the valleys in our homes in our churches or also on the holy mountains there's something about making it in the mountains that to this day is I would say sacred and powerful right I know for myself as I've uh, been through many things in my life and my ministry here Oftentimes, I will find my way to a hike to make it up, to transcend the distance, the steep elevation. Up and up we go, right? And it's not easy work, right? Especially in the missions. The missions can be quite steep. And there have been more than once where I've ran out of water. I'm sucking it down so much on my way up that I run out. And yet, continually, I find myself both drawn up to the mountains and uh, pushed sometimes by life itself. I say I'm drawn because on the mountaintops as you make your hikes and you make it past all the grizzly bears or the elk or whatever we're calling them right on the way, through the brush and the overgrown stuff that you got to bush back through, whatever, it all is worth it when you make it to the, to the top, either to the peaks or the mountain lakes, and it is a transcendent beauty that you find there. Maybe it's even a transfiguring beauty that you find on the mountaintop. But I also find myself pushed at times, too. As we live amongst the Mission Valley here in western Montana and all the stresses that come with daily routines, work-life, parenting, paying bills, right? Uh, This and that and the other thing. Tax season coming up, right? Things like that. Oftentimes I find myself pushed to get away, pushed by the world down below, to make it up the mountain, to just figure life out, to process the world through my hikes up to the mountain lakes or the peaks, whatever the case may be. Find myself both drawn to the mountaintop, mountaintop by its transfiguring beauty and pushed from the world below by how it doesn't always match up to that transfiguring. I'd say the same seems to have been true for Moses as we think back on the life of Moses he uh, was born into a world that did not want him for that world was owned by Pharaoh and he commanded that all boys like him be put to death he was redeemed from that moment by putting, being put in the river and saved by one of Pharaoh's own household and brought up in the palace. and In many ways, he probably had the finest education from that happenstance. And yet still, he was born as one unwanted. One deemed illegal, if you will, by the empire that ruled over him. God spared him from that, but that had to have stuck with him. And surely it seems to, as the, as the Bible tells us, that one of his first acts of adulthood was to kill an Egyptian soldier who was mistreating a Hebrew slave. That feeling of being unwanted in the world below, right? Unwanted in the stable, agricultural, irrigable valleys of Egypt led him to lash out. So he also fled to the wilderness for many years. And many years from that, there on a mountain too, he was transfigured by another vision. The vision of a bush burning, and God speaking to him through it. On that mountain, he got a new call over his life. And it led him back to Egypt. And when he did, there he went toe to toe with Pharaoh. And time and again, he, he did miracle after miracle and called down plague after plague asking, begging, commanding, that the Hebrew people be let free. God still hardened Pharaoh's heart once again. The stress of that work in the valley for Moses must have been incredible. To put your life on the line and the lives of your people, to be Uh, called to the map from both directions, both the powers above and the people below, longing for status quo. To stand there as God's messenger, with the weight of that on Moses' shoulders, must have been immense. And on God led them, free from Egypt, finally free, finally free, after the angel of death had passed over them. That's what it took the weight of the angel of death to set them free. And there they went. and as the peril came behind them of the Rome or the Egyptian army chasing them to the water's edge, God led him to split a whole sea so that they might walk through. These are all weighty matters, weighty, weighty matters. And then as they finally are free and saved and redeemed on the other side, what do the people do? They complain. They don't complain to God. They complain to Moses. They complain to Moses over their freedom. And that sets the stage for him ascending that mountain, that Mount Sinai. With that weight of the world pushing him up the mountain, the weight of all the Hebrew people, the weight of God's call on his life, the weight of God trying to do a new thing in the world through this humble prophet Moses and his followers, the Hebrew people. He took that weight up the mountain. But he was also drawn, for on the mountaintop he saw God. From below, he seems to have seen God forming, God dwelling. The Hebrew word for what God was doing it says God. Our translation says God settled. It can be better, more accurately, say God dwelt on the mountain. With all that weight the pushing him, the stresses of this world pushing him up and up and up. Moses was also drawn by the presence of God dwelling on the mountain. And there he was transfigured in that moment. He became no longer a member of Pharaoh's household, a refugee in the land where his people dwelt, if you will. He no longer became an adoptee. He no longer was a nomad in the desert, and then he was no longer simply a freedom fighter or agitator or whatever titles he would have on him. On the mountain, he became a teacher and a prophet. He received the Lord's instructions so that he might come down once again and lead the people, not as just people longing for freedom, but people longing. god he was transfigured in that cloud of mystery and fire i can't ever to this day we have no idea what it looked like up there to be in the presence of god all we know is that moses is recorded as having seen god on the mountain and having been forever changed by the experience And because Moses was changed, he came down and changed the world. Through him and through God's chosen people, God would do great and wondrous things. And it all pivoted on those 40 days and 40 nights on the mountain. We remember today, Transfiguration Sunday, that we are forever blessed by what God did on that mountaintop experience with Moses. And we continue to revel in that mystery still to this day. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen. I hope that you have enjoyed this week's sermon podcast. If you would like to hear more, read my blog, or get a copy of my book called The Church Unknown, go to www. If you feel called to support our ministry, I invite you to go to our church's website at flcronan.org and click on the Offerings tab. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord's face shine on you and be gracious unto you. May the Lord look upon you with favor and give you peace. Amen.